Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to Capes and Japes. Um, the only podcast that knows how to count to ten. I don't think we're the only podcast that knows nope. how to count to ten. The only one. Nobody else. Nobody else can do it. When you start a podcast, you just forget. I. That's fair. Also, um, if there's extra background noise for me today, it's because the amount of dogs in my house doubled, and also my mom is on the phone with my nephew. So if you hear baby talk, it could be at a baby or a dog. <laughs> there's many exciting options. I also am probably, uh, getting some dog sounds, um... Because, uh, my sister is home, and my dogs are very excited about it, um, so they are even noisier than usual. Ah, yes. Um, so that's fun. Um, yep, there she goes. Okay. Proving our points. <laughs> yep. So who are these dogs excited about us talking about today? I don't know if oh. that sentence made sense. No, I think, I think it does. Um, well, I know my dogs are very excited, um, because we are talking about, uh, one Nicholas J. Fury. <laughs> Nick Fury. Possibly Colonel, uh, Nick Fury, or General Nick Fury, or, uh, Director Nick Fury, depending on, uh, which version you're talking about. Is it um, possible that the dogs are barking because he's just in your house waiting for you to walk in and turn on a light? You know, um, uh, that is never outside the realm of possibility with our good friend Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> you always, you always gotta be on alert for that happening. Um, uh, do do do. So, Nick Fury, uh, a little bit of a, a a weird kind of history. Um, Nick Fury was uh created um as were the vast majority of Marvel characters in the sixties. What was that? No, I just started laughing because of the pause between Nick Fury was created as were most of the Marvel characters. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them just kind of spontaneously came into existence, and we don't really know what to do about that. Some of them have existed as long as time has. <laughs> um, no, Nick Fury was created, as were most Marvel characters in in the 60s, um, by, uh, Stanley and Jack Kirby. Um, he was, uh, introduced as the protagonist of a, uh, World War II comic, um, which was titled Sergeant Fury and His Howling Commandos. Um, the, uh, the story goes that, uh, the story goes, ow. Yes. Um, the story goes that, uh, Stan Lee, uh, made a bet with their publisher that, uh, with his and Kirby's method, um, they could sell a comic book even if it had the worst title that Stan Lee could come up with. I guess. 
Which, like, Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos is definitely not the worst title you could come up with for a comic book. But it is very long, and there's a lot of words that people, like, uh, wouldn't be familiar with. Um, okay, but it does sound rad. <laughs> it does sound pretty badass. Um, and also you would look at the cover and see, like, uh, you know, a bunch of, uh, men with guns, and if you're somebody who's excited about that kind of thing in your comic books, which a lot of people are, you'd be like, hell yeah, freaking World War II stuff. Um, Disney make this movie challenge? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos, um, was a, uh, a story about a, uh, a World War II, uh, squad, um, who were pretty notably for the time, uh, fairly, like, uh, ethnically diverse, um, to the point where at one point, like, during the first issue, the colorist, um, colored one of the black characters as white, and Stan Lee had to write them a letter like, no, no, no! He's black. Um, excuse me. This was not a mistake. He is a black man. But God, can you imagine the colorist being all like, is I, all, all of them? <laughs> yes, all of them. Hmm. Uh, all right. We'd save some money on ink if they weren't, but. <laughs> okay. I guess. Um, so, uh, Nick Fury, uh, in this story is, uh, the leader of this, uh, brigade. Um, he grew up in, uh, in New York, in Hell's Kitchen, actually. Um. Just like Daredevil. Just exactly like Daredevil. Um, he, um, left, uh... He did, he was, uh, did some fighting with, uh, like the, some paramilitary units in the Spanish Civil War. Um, he ended up, uh, serving with, uh, the British commandos and then, uh, the U.S. Army, um, lost, uh, lost a, a friend in the attack on Pearl Harbor, um, and, uh, was assigned, uh, by his sort of, uh, mentor in the army, uh, command of this, uh, first attack squad, um, who gain, uh, the nickname the Howling Commandos. And, uh, most of the stories are about, you know, uh, various missions they do, uh, mostly in Europe, during, uh, World War II. Um, they did some, uh, some, like, specials and annuals, um, later on that featured the squad, like, reuniting for, um, I think the Vietnam War and maybe the Korean War? Um, but, uh, that's, uh, that's how Nick Fury's introduced, is just, uh, as potentially, uh, this challenge 
for Stanley and Jack Kirby to make a comic book with a very bad title. Um, How many comics were created because Stanley just wanted to see if he could? Oh, a bunch of them. Because wasn't, like, Tony Stark, like, I want to make the least likable character and make people like him. Yep. No, it's just, uh, and, I mean, again, you know, who knows how much of these, like, uh, of we're these just, stories like, are- embellishing. Yeah, but, uh, there's, there's a good chance that a lot of comic books are just, like, Stanley, like, well, I wonder if I could do this thing. I wonder if I could um, get away with this. Turns out, uh, turns out you can. Um, turns out he got away with a lot of stuff, probably. <laughs> he got away with a whole bunch of things. Um, so, uh, as, uh, this, uh, this comic, uh, gained some popularity, um, they decide to, uh, introduce, uh, Nick Fury into the, uh, the modern era. Um, so in, uh, 1965, um, they, uh, introduce Nick Fury as, like, one of the features in, uh, Strange Tales, um, which was an anthology comic that, uh, Mostly just ended up being Nick Fury stories and also Doctor Strange stories. Um, but, uh, in this, um, is where they come up with, uh, the concept of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, the, uh, Supreme Headquarters International Espionage Law Enforcement Division. They just um, wanted it to shell- spell shield. They really wanted it to spell shield. It's just like word salad. It's like Nick Fur- Nick gives it a different name later on. Um and then like the MCU version I think is sort of a mashup of those two names. It doesn't really matter what you call it. The important <laughs> thing is it spells shield. It spells it spells shield. Um, it's, it's, you know, uh, the man from Uncle was, like, very popular, uh, and they're like, oh, d- d- fun acronyms, initialisms, we can do that. Gotta get on those. Gotta, people love those. Um, so, uh, in addition to introducing, uh, the concept of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, these, like, uh, Strange Tales stories also, uh, introduce, uh, the organization, uh, Hydra, um, which is, uh, like a, a fascist terrorist organization, um, that S.H.I.E.L.D. hates, um, and, uh, also makes use of a bunch of, like, uh, cool, made-up spy tech, um, most Famously, uh, the, uh, the helicarrier, uh, which is, like, a, a big aircraft carrier that can fly. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, just, like, it's a giant plane that holds other planes. Um, and also, um, the enduring concept of, uh, life model decoys. Um which are androids that are designed 
to look exactly like a person, um, and are used for, you know, cool spy shenanigans, and then also used 90% of the time when, um, they want to, like, retcon a character's death or something they did. Uh, that was actually a life model decoy. Yeah, it's like, they're so, they're just these androids that, like, look exactly like the person and, uh, behave exactly like them and nobody can tell the difference. Um, <laughs> it's basically, it's like, it's like the same reason, like, scrolls are still around. Um. Yeah. But, uh, it, it is, it is good. Um. So, uh, this is also, um, the, uh, the story, uh, going into, uh, Strange Tales, into Nick Fury's, like, uh, new career as a spy, um, is that, uh, at the end of World War II, he is, uh, injured, um, this might, um, this might be the same injury that, uh, uh, cost him the use of his eye. Uh, notably, original flavor Nick Fury is, like, uh, he still has the eye, he just, like, is, is blind in it. Um, and at one point makes a comment that, like, it's like, yeah, whenever I, like, need to disguise myself, I, like, you know, take off the eye patch and put on, like, some colored contacts because everybody's looking for a one-eyed man. I mean, that's good spy work. Like, like you make your whole thing one accessory. Yeah. Um, so he's, uh, he's injured at the, uh, at the end of World War II, um, and is, uh, rescued by this, uh, doctor who provides him a life-saving drug called the Infinity Formula, um, which doesn't seem weird, <laughs> uh, and, uh, what this does is it, uh, stops or, like, severely slows, uh, his aging, um, but if he doesn't, like, uh, keep taking it on a regular basis, he, all of his age will catch up with him at once, and he dies. Does he just, like, turn into dust? Uh, well, he... In the very, you know, like, uh, sci-fi fantasy way, he will age to what his actual biological age is, which, at most points in the comics, is like, okay, he should be dead. <laughs> he should be dead at this point. He's been around for a long time. He's an old, old man. Um, so, um, after, uh, World War II, he, uh joins the CIA, um, and starts, you know, really properly training as a spy, um, and, uh, ends up sort of working as, like, a liaison to different, uh, superhero groups, um, this is how he's introduced to the, uh, Fantastic Four, um, is in this capacity as a CIA agent, um, and then, uh, after this becomes the, uh, the director of, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., which is another spy organization that deals with complicated metahuman 
stuff. Oh, I bet. Complicated <laughs> metahuman stuff all over the place here. Yep, yep. Just, uh, all of, all of the stuff that, you know, the regular espionage agencies are not equipped to deal with. That's what S.H.I.E.L.D. is for. Um, so, this is, uh, obviously, um, what he is most known for, is in his capacity as the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, he deals, uh, deals with most superhero groups on, like, a pretty regular basis. Um, the Avengers, like, most frequently, but, like, every- every superhero has, like, had an encounter with Nick Fury at some point. Um, <laughs> and, you know, a lot of the times it's because, like, they need something from the government, or they need information, or sometimes it's Fury being like, hey, y'all need to stop that. <laughs> Knock sometimes, it off. Sometimes it's like, oh, we need to, uh, create a registry of all superheroes, and then you know, that goes over really well. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Famously. Um, There's not a whole thing called a civil war about it at all. No, that, um, that, that sounds ridiculous. Um, he, um, at one point, uh, he discovers that, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. and HYDRA have, like, both fallen under the control of a group of, like, rogue life model decoys, um, called, uh, the Deltites, um. Okay. Yeah, and, uh, he has to, uh, disband S.H.I.E.L.D. just, like, due to it, like, uh, infiltrating so much of their infrastructure and everybody, like, being so, like, oh, none of us know who we can trust afterwards. Um, and this is the point where he, um, he rebuilt it, uh, himself, uh, with the intention of, like, he will be the one to keep an eye on everything and make sure that no rogue androids take over everything. Um, <laughs> and, uh, this is the point where he changes the acronym to... Strategic Hazard Intervention, Espionage, and Logistics Directorate. Which, again, is nonsense. It's all nonsense. I don't know. Just, it's, it's just random words. <laughs> it, he still wanted it to say S.H.I.E.L.D. He, it has to be S.H.I.E.L.D. The branding is so important. He wanted to do a soft rebrand. Yeah. Like, Dunkin' Donuts to Dunkin', but if Dunkin' stood for something... Organization Duncan. Duncan, uh, let's see, donuts under new kids in Norfolk. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's one Duncan in the world, and it's in Norfolk. <laughs> I'm just like, oh god, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> the only Duncan. Um, so, uh, this, like, this happens, like, several times, um, over the, uh, the course of, uh, Nick's life and S.H.I.E.L.D.'s existence is, like, you know, he'll be, uh, betrayed, 
or frame for something and I'll have to like go underground and then, you know, like figure out who in shield he can trust. Um, also he, uh, definitely seems, uh, seems to die a few times. Uh, and then is like, Oh, it's a prize. I was like a, uh, life model decoy of me. Um, there's actually one, um, much, uh, much later on when they are, uh, getting to retiring this Nick Fury, he reveals that, uh, he actually, his, like, you know, anti-aging, he actually ran out of his Infinity Formula, his anti-aging stuff, and he's, like, super, super old now, and he's just been using life model decoys of himself to make it look like he was still not aging. (laughs) That's incredible. Which is okay, Nick. Um, he is, uh, constantly scheming. Um, like, always knows more than he's letting on. Um, is, like, uh, very often, uh, the guy who, like, at an end of a story arc is like, hmm, yes, you see, I always, I knew that's what you people would do, and that's why I, like, planned this, this, and this ahead of time, and everyone's like, ah! But none of them can get that mad at him, because, like, most of these superheroes would be dead without him at some point. (laughs) Um, so this is, uh, this is, is what Nick Fury's doing, uh, in, you know, the primary Marvel universe. Um, Here's where things get, uh, a little bit weird. So, the Nick Fury, Nick Fury, as he is introduced in, uh, in the 60s, and then, uh, throughout the following decades in Marvel, uh, is a white man. Uh, he's a white man with an eye patch and, like, uh, like, dark brown hair, um, usually wearing some kind of spy suit, um, And, um, apparently this is going just fine for everybody. Um, in the late 90s, um, we've touched on this before, but I think we only talked about it with Miles, because he's, like, the only other, like, relevant character from this, uh, this project. Um, in the late 90s, um, Marvel is doing very, very badly financially. Um... And so, in kind of, like, a a last-ditch effort to, uh, bring in some new readers, um, they're like, okay, teens don't want to pick up comic books because, uh, everything has way too much history behind it, um, it's all too complicated, we're just going to make a whole new universe. And it's not a reboot of the current comics, because those will still be going. But we're going to just launch this whole new version of Marvel that's got, like, updated versions of the characters, um, that's just, like, starting from scratch, so maybe people will buy comic books from us. Oh, God, (laughs) please. Um, and, uh, this is what, uh most famously, uh, led to the creation of, uh, Miles Morales as Spider-Man. Um, to, uh, not, like, every character got, like, a new, like, 
most Marvel characters were different, but usually they were like the same. Like, I think Captain America was still Steve Rogers. You just had, like, kind of a different personality. Um, yeah. But, uh, new Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Go listen to our Miles Morales episode. Also, watch Into the Spider-Verse. Happy one-year anniversary, Into the Spider-Verse. We love you, Into the Spider-Verse. We love you, Academy Award-winning film, Into the Spider-Verse. On Netflix. Um, but, uh, they introduced this new, uh, black Afro-Latino Spider-Man. Um, and it's a huge deal. Uh, it's like, in the news. Many people are very mad about it. Many other people are very excited about it. It's like, ooh, Black Spider-Man. Um, nobody really has that many, uh, feelings, like, in the mainstream about, like, Black Nick Fury, because if you published, like, uh, a headline saying, Nick Fury's black now, everyone would be like, who? In 2000. <laughs> in 2019, people would be like, we, we know. <laughs> uh... But, uh, they, that is one thing they add. Not from the beginning, even. Um, in Nick Fury's, like, first Ultimates appearance, um, he looks pretty similar, uh, to his original version. He's, like, uh, he's a white guy, um, he, like, uh, he looks, like, a little bit younger and, like, his hair is shorter, but, like, Pretty, pretty much the same guy. Um, and then, uh, the next time they bring him back, um, in, like, the second wave of Ultimates comics, um, they redesign him completely, um, to an appearance that, uh, most people will be the most familiar with, because he looks exactly like Samuel L. Jackson. Um... Did they plan that? They did. They specifically designed him after Samuel L. Jackson. I don't think they did it with the intent of someday we will get Samuel L. Jackson to play this man. But I think when they made, you know, the Marvel flicks, they were like, well, we got to get Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> um, but he is uh, designed specifically after Samuel L. Jackson. And people in-universe comment on how he looks exactly like Samuel L. Jackson. Um, I'm so glad Samuel L. Jackson also exists in the Marvel Universe. It's very important. We, Nobody wants to live in a world without Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Be so sad. Um, um, so this, um, this interpretation of, of the character does uh, get pretty popular. And I think part of that is just because, like, People love Samuel L. Jackson. Um, but also, I don't know that there were any other, like, uh, major, uh, race swaps in Ultimates. Um, there could have been. Uh, but, uh, this, um, and Miles Morales' existence are the two most notable ones. And also, like, two of the only things to come from Ultimates that, like, have had a real impact in, you know, uh, mainstream pop culture. Like, there's definitely some, like, ideas from the Ultimates universe that have kind of crept 
into various interpretations of the characters. Um, and, like, as of five years ago-ish, like, uh, the universe itself has been, like, integrated with the Marvel Universe proper. Um, which they did mostly so they could have Miles in canon, I am pretty sure. Um, I mean, good move. I mean, it is good, because I like to see him. Um, but, uh, this interpretation of Nick Fury does gain, uh, some traction. Um, and, uh, people notice this, especially because, um, I don't know why specifically they decided to, uh, go with this for, uh, the MCU Nick Fury. Um, probably because Samuel L. Jackson. (laughs) Probably because Samuel L. Jackson, um, my more cynical guess is that they were looking at their lineups for all of their flicks. They were like, wow, a lot of white people in these, huh? Is that cynical? Because I would assume that they didn't even think about it. <laughs> I mean, it would be cynical in the sense that I would imagine it as them being like, uh-oh, we don't want to get like yelled at for having only white people in these movies. Okay, but when was he introduced? What year? 2002. I don't know if they were that worried about people getting mad in 2002. (laughs) Well, 2002 is when he was introduced in the comics. He shows Uh, up at the end of Iron Man, right? In the MCU. Which is what, 2008? Is it? Oh, God. Um, I have no idea. That, I mean, that sounds about right. Iron, Iron Man, Man movie. 2008 movie. American superhero <gasps> film. You got it in one! Um, hey, Olivia? Um, yes? That was 11 years ago. Oh, my God. Oh, my... I mean, they, make, they just did, like, the whole, like, oh, Marvel Studios 10 years thing, but, like, oh, holy shit. Um, okay, so, uh blindly pushing on uh beyond the but passage yeah, also, of time also 2008 i don't think they were like super super duper concerned about it all right well um if there's if if anyone if anyone knows of of anyone giving like an explanation in an interview or anything um as to why they they went with this um feel free to let us know hi elion here um So I did end up finding the answer to this question while I was finding links for the show notes. And turns out, uh, in an interview with LA Times that no longer exists on the internet, apparently, Samuel L. Jackson said that he was walking through a comic store and saw his face in a comic and was like, hold up, called Marvel. And Marvel was like, yeah, so we hope that uh you'll join us when the movies happen. Don't be mad that we didn't ask permission to put your face in a comic. Okay, thanks. Bye. Now uh I'll let you get back to uh, uh the rest of Olivia's sentence. Sorry to cut in like this. Uh cuz I I would be curious. Um not like not in a bad way. Obviously, I think it's very good that they went with the black Nick Fury. I realize this sounds like, why'd they do this? Um, no, but... 
we just have no faith in Marvel Studios, I think. That is the real, uh, the real crux of the issue here. Yeah, um, like, I would be surprised if they made, like, a decision that was not, like, oh, Samuel L. Jackson, people recognize him and would love to see him on the screen, and also, <laughs> like, he's the more recent iteration so they're probably like, all right, people probably recognize this Nick Fury a little bit better than the old Nick Fury. Both true. Um, which is also why, a little tangent here, which is also why I think in the Avengers films that they skipped over Bucky Captain America and went straight to Sam Wilson Captain America, because Sam Wilson is Captain America in the current comics mm -hmm. so they're trying to boost sales of their own current comics i mean yeah that uh that feels that feels true and correct um again to be clear i'm very happy for sam wilson and he deserves oh, it oh yes yes um, incredibly but, but yes. it's i corporation fueled by money <laughs> Money, a um, but uh, so after Ultimate Nick Fury uh gains popularity, um, I love yeah Ultimate Nick Fury. That is, I also thought that was funny <laughs> when I was clicking on it. Like it was like, did you mean Nick Fury or Ultimate Nick Fury? And I was like, yes, this uh, clearly, one is the Ultimate Nick. Clearly, the Ultimate Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> the most powerful Nick Fury you could have. Um, so following all of this, um, and also I'm pretty sure, you know, the introduction of, uh, Sam Jackson as Nick Fury to the MCU and the MCU's huge popularity and, uh, this, like, pretty much becoming ingrained in the cultural consciousness as the Nick Fury. Um, I think Marvel was kind of like, oh, uh, maybe we should, maybe we should do something about the fact that the Nick Fury who technically exists in canon, um, does not look like this. Um, and so, uh, in 2012, um, they introduce a character uh going by the name of Marcus Johnson um who uh is the daughter of uh a woman named Nia Jones um and he discovers the son of Nick Fury what? um yes um and finds out that his like his actual name is Nick Fury Jr., uh, but his mother never told him that, um, or something, or he knew it and he was just going by a different name, um, but, uh, he is an African-American man, or a, a mixed-race man, um, but, weirdly enough, he also looks just like Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Huh. Wow, that's so interesting. Um, so, uh, they introduce him in this, uh, this 
storyline called uh Battle Scars. Um and then at the end of the story, uh Nick Fury retires. Um and his son, going by Nick Fury Jr., uh takes over as uh director of SHIELD. Um Nick Fury then after that, um in this after this, I think, is when um, he reveals that he's actually, like, super-duper old and he's just been using life model decoys to pretend to be him. Um, and uh, becomes, like, becomes, replaces Uatu the Watcher after Uatu the Watcher gets murdered. Um, I mean, I guess you could do that. You, you can. Um, oh, this is also when um, he... Uh, he tells Thor, uh, the secret thing that makes Thor not able to lift his hammer anymore, because, like, I guess he just had to get, like, one last thing in there before he peaced out. Um, but, uh, so now, uh, I am pretty sure now, um, Nick Fury's just, uh, hanging out on the moon, uh, in some spooky robes, um, becoming an entity known as the Unseen, um, and, uh, observing the events that happen on Earth, but being, uh, unable to interfere with them, um, which is, is what, uh, which is what the Watcher did, um, and now, uh, now Nick Fury is sort of a, a, a reborn kind of cosmic being, uh, which genuinely is kind of cool. Yeah, I mean... I don't, I haven't, like, read any of these, so I don't know how well it's handled. I think it is kind of neat, um, for a character whose whole thing, um, is, you know, how they knew everything that was going on with everybody all the time, you know, because they're a spy and they, like, learned all these secrets and you know, kind of just, uh, had a bunch of irons in the fire, um, to, like, weirdly, like, ascend to be, like, that, but on, like, a more eldritch scale. I mean, becoming a cosmic spy is pretty rad. It is pretty rad. Um, and I think, like, as far as, uh, send-off for, like, major characters go, um, who, you know, played a very significant role in comics for a long time, um, and have now been replaced, um, I think this is, like, significantly more interesting, uh, than, you know, just dying, or, like, being zapped into a parallel universe somewhere. Um, again, I haven't read all this. It could be not good to read. But conceptually, it's kind of working for me. Yeah, it's one of those things like, if you do it right. Yeah. Um, I do, um, I do like Nick Fury. I like a lot of, like, kind of Nick Fury archetypes. Um, the kind of, like, morally questionable, like, doing shady stuff for, like, the ultimate greater good uh, working from the shadows type, um, he's basically just, like, the, 
the Marvel equivalent of uh, Amanda Waller in DC. Um, and Amanda Waller is one of, like, my still favorite characters. And we should do an Amanda Waller episode, actually, now oh, that I'm yeah. thinking about it. Um, um, and I do like Amanda Waller a little bit better, but I'm biased. Um, but just You like, and your DC bias. My DC bias. And also, she's a woman, and, like... Yeah, true, fair. Yeah, given the choice between the two, I'm always gonna be like, oh, but this one's an evil lady. <laughs> okay, but what if a woman? Mmm, mm, consider. Um, but, um... At Marvel, replace all your characters with women challenge. Yes, we, we've, we've done some of them. You did Thor, and that was great. You just gotta keep on going. Um... Apparently in the future, you do the same thing with Captain America. Mm -hmm. Also good. Yeah, love it. Um, it's good. It's a good archetype. And it's, uh, it's good, like, sort of in the same way that, like, uh, Natasha's, like, a good person to have on the Avengers because, like, she has this very kind of, like, grounded real-world experience. Um, Nick Fury, like, brings that perspective to things a lot of times. Because obviously, although he's dealing with, you know, massive cosmic threats, like, he is uh, a spy and, like, a soldier, and his primary concern is, like, well, how do I, like, protect, you know, the people on Earth and in this country? <laughs> um, He's out there doing his best. He's, he's really, he's doing his best, and, you know, sometimes he does some kind of sketchy stuff, but, uh... Don't we all in comics? <laughs> Everybody in comics has done at least one sketchy thing. Tell um, me, bring me a character that has never done a single sketchy thing. Uh. It's impossible. It's, it's never been done. Even Dick Grayson, my number I've, one... My beautiful boy. I'm just sitting here like, okay, has Doreen ever done anything sketchy? Because I know she's our go-to for, like... Oh, Doreen's done nothing wrong ever in her life. I'm just like, oh, God, has Doreen done anything? Anything? I can't think of a single thing, but I didn't want... I was like, do I bring it up? I gotta bring it up, otherwise other people might bring it up. Has she ever done anything sketchy? <laughs> um everybody tell us your uh your least problematic comics faves. Um I think that's all I had to say. Um did you uh have anything else to talk about? Um Nick Fury fun. Good. Good. Love, love the to, character archetype. Love to see him. Uh-huh. Love to see him. Every time he shows up, I'm like, oh, love that guy. <laughs> Back at it again. Oh, what a what a cool dude. I I hope I hope it goes well for him. <laughs> I, hope, I hope he enjoys being a cosmic spy. Uh otherwise I have not read any comics. I did make a mock-up of a shirt for a cosplay that cool. uh I finished the mock-up, and then I was like, wait, fuck, I should have done the jacket first, because <laughs> between the jacket and the cloak, you might not even see the shirt. 
So uh, then I spent all day today uh, cutting out fabric for the jacket mock-up. So hopefully by next week I'll have an update on that. Nice! Hi, welcome to Elyon's Cosplay Corner. <laughs> I haven't read comics, but I am doing a, a, a cosplay. It's one or the other, really, with me. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta pick one. Who has time for both? <laughs> it's true. Which one, did, which one did you pick, Olivia? Comics or cosplay? Well, I actually, I didn't properly uh, pick either, because <gasps> I, I know, because I picked up You're comics. telling me there are things outside of that binary? <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, I, um... I picked up comics this weekend, um, and I, uh, did not get a chance to read them, um, because I had a very busy weekend with a lot of family stuff going on, uh, cause That's it's fair. the holidays, um, but, um, some things I picked up that I was, uh, ex- I am excited to read, um, one is the second issue of, uh, BB Free. Which I talked about the first one, I think, when I read it, but it's a, um, a comic published by Boombox, um, by, uh, Gabby Rivera and Royal Dunlap, um, about a, uh, 15-year-old girl in a post-capitalist America who just wants to, uh, go on tour with her, uh, awesome radio show with the help of her best friend, um, and the first issue was very, very cute, and I'm very excited. Um, and also, there is a uh, a new uh, solo series um, about our good friend, uh, Beta Ray Bill. Oh? Yeah! Um, written by... Uh, let me get the info up. Um, I don't actually... I don't know if it's a... Uh, like an ongoing or a uh, mini series um but uh it is uh it is it is the guy um is this the one I'm looking for yes it is um written by uh Michael uh Moretti um with art by uh Alberto Jimenez Albuquerque um part of uh some sort of, uh, some event that's, like, always <laughs> happening, um, but I saw, I saw, I saw our friend, and I had to get it, um, so, we will see what's going on with that, um, that is, um, that's what I had to mention, um, if you want, uh, to catch up with us, to see new episodes, um, to let us know which, uh, comic book characters, uh, have done nothing wrong ever in their life. Um, we have, uh, Twitter, a Tumblr, a Facebook, an Instagram, a Pinterest. You can find all those just by going to Capes and Japes. Um, we, uh, have an email address that's capesandjapes at gmail.com. You can send us an email. Um, we have a Discord server, um, that you should come hang out in. It's a good time. Um, we have a Patreon page 
where you can support us, um, get bonus content, movie nights, pick what we talk about. Um, another great way to support us um, is by leaving a rating and a review. Um, and we had a new review come in today. Um, well, I don't know if it was today, but I, I get weekly updates. We had a new review come in in the past week. Um, that, that we, uh, were updated on today, um, that, uh, was very sweet, um, I can not- Kanyes. Yes, I- Kanyes? I'm very sorry. Kanye's eyes. Kanye's eyes! From Kanye's eyes. Um, no, I'm very sorry that I don't know how to say um, your Apple podcast ID. It's K-A-Y-N-Y-Z-E. Um, but um, they left us um, a super sweet review um, saying that uh, they've been a fan of comics since they were young and they uh, really like the show. And that's just so cool. I'm so glad uh, that you're listening and that you're enjoying it. Um, it really means the world to us. Um, if you uh, are also enjoying the show and you want to leave a rating and a review, um, we will be happy uh, to give you a shout out. I'm sorry about our bad track record at pronouncing people's names. Um, I've never read a name correctly in my life. <laughs> it truly has nothing to do with your name. We are just fools. Um, but um, we super appreciate it. Um, we also appreciate when people um, let their friends know about the show if they haven't checked it out. Um, and we just appreciate you coming back and listening. Um, so thank you uh, for joining us today on Capes and Japes. I have been Olivia. And I have been Elion. And as always, kiss me, life model decoy of sexy Batman. <laughs> Please.